Hey you guys, it's me, Radical Ray. I'm in bed and I'm actually feeling really under the weather. So you'll probably get some multiple podcasts from me while I'm off of work for the next two weeks. So in today's episode, I actually wanted to talk about radical feminism in the United States versus the world. And basically, I can only say this from my perception because I don't live in other countries in the world. I live in the United States. But what I'm seeing to be the case here is that radical feminists across the globe um, know how important it is to have, you know, women's separatists um, as their main front of radical feminism coming together, having legitimate strikes and, you know, part- not participating in anything patriarchy has set up. They've become quite successful at their strikes and their bands and their walkouts and their protests and and all of this they you know we get to see it across the globe we get to hear stories every day but you know especially south korea as of here recently and so uh also in mexico but the thing about radical feminism in america or i would say predominantly westernized countries uh is that radical feminists are lacking the ability to organize. Now, what I'm witnessing is radical feminists just complaining about women, specifically, quote unquote, handmaidens, like to patriarchy, but not doing anything about it. What I mean by this is like, I am a huge advocate for building a safety net for women so they can feel safer to leap into that safety net to become a radical feminist, to declare their feminism even. There's a lot of women in America who don't want to say they're feminist uh, for many of different reasons. Predominantly, community safety is the first reason. Women understand the bodily harm that can be inflicted upon us at every second, right? There's a lot of women out there who cater to men still because that thin, 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 thin line of protection for them feels credible enough to tolerate the microaggressions and abuse they face. And I know to a radical feminist, this sounds insane, right? This is pure insanity. Like what woman would want that? You know, what woman X, Y, Z. But the thing is, there are women with children or in relationships who are homeless, who are putting up with this right now at the hands of men and men are, you know, preying upon their vulnerabilities. So we still have to blame men. I'm not going to call her a handmaiden. I'm not going to say, how dare you make not make that leap back to homelessness? Or how dare you not make that leap outside of your community? How dare you not know things that you were never exposed to, right? I, I think that complete cancellation is weird, especially if we're not going to make it easier for her to leave. And what we're witnessing in other countries is that safety net, right? Women standing together, standing ground like we, you know, women, we don't care you know, or in other countries anyway, I should say, you know, come stand with us. This is abuse. This is not okay. We're experiencing the same thing. And instead of saying, hey, you know, we're all experiencing the same oppression here in America. Let's organize a walkout. Let's organize a strike. You know, I'm banned off of Facebook and Twitter. I've mentioned this. I've, I'm banned off of Facebook and Twitter for being a radical feminist. Um, but it could start with a group in Facebook, right? Let's organize a women's walkout and non-participation at all in the household, in the bedroom, uh, at work, wherever. You will just walk out 
protests into the street with us together. Like there's nobody saying, you know, let's let's organize this somewhere where it'll get noticed, obviously Washington, DC, right? Nobody's saying let's crowdfund for women to fly out who don't who don't have the means to fly out. Let's contact women from all 50 states who want to organize in their 50 states and help organize within their own communities so we can organize this for a day two months from now where we can all fly out and walk the streets as radical feminists and not participate in this labor. Because if we help these women financially achieve this, then we can help achieve their safety and security as well. What a lot of women in westernized countries have that a lot of women in other countries do not have is a job. And we are told and sold this, you know, having a job is security because it links to financial security, financial independence, which to a degree is true. And what those women don't necessarily have is that. So they have quote unquote, nothing to lose. Right. And I say that quote unquote, because they still have everything to lose, but women in America don't want to lose the very little shred of, you know, human rights they have. And that's financial independence, financial security, financial contribution, you know, that being tied to that is hard for women to walk away from. And I know it is because it's hard for me to walk away from it. I've recently talked about even like wearing makeup at work is something I have to do. And a radical feminist attacked me and said, it's not something you have to do, but it is if I want financial security. That's the thing. It's not because I'm wearing makeup in my private time. I have to wear makeup to work, but it's also in my dress code. So instead of attacking women for wearing makeup to work, why don't we make it easier for women to have the option to not to? By taking it out of her dress code. Why aren't we attacking that aspect? So this little infighting in America is something I'm finding a problem with. The organization aspect is also a huge problem of it. And somebody, another radical feminist, has made the joke that it's a lot like herding cats. Which I agree with. But what I need rad femmes to know is attacking the woman for a male issue or a man issue, a patriarchal issue and calling her a handmaiden maiden is fixing nothing. You know, there have, there have been jokes that have been made about women who support the transgender ideology movement, calling her names, derogatory names like slut, whore, bitch. But what is that going to accomplish? Really? The, you know, you want that quote unquote slut whore bitch to be on our side. And I'm not saying you have to sit there and be nice to all women. And I'm not saying all women are saints because we know this to be true, but we're saying the majority of women are a victim to this system. All women actually are a victim to patriarchy, but most women don't want to be, you know, I would say more women than women who want to be victims to the system. More women don't want to be. So if I know this to be true and I know this to be the case, then the majority of women I talk to authentically are going to come through. And I know how frustrating it can be to talk to especially liberal feminists who consumes trans and queer theory and ideologies, you know, just as is swallow whole because they don't want to be problematic. But can we talk about how not wanting to be problematic because, you know, as a woman is abuse. 
That is a, that's because we've endured abuse. So we are afraid to be problematic because we don't want to be abused. That's, that's our natural trauma response in patriarchy. So once we know this and figure this out, then we can develop new ways to talk to people, especially women. If, if we can ourselves assess this, that even radical feminists right now are having trauma responses to patriarchy, then we can know how to work through the motions. Then we can know how to talk to liberal feminists. And I know because I used to be a liberal feminist and now I'm a radical feminist that it's just a natural progression. I started off radical, went into liberal, ended radical. And I started radical in my journey because I remember the first time I was told about pansexuality and I was like, that's just bisexuality with extra steps. And I didn't want to be problematic. I was called a hateful bigot and nasty and it's not the same. And people were saying, you know, it's loving somebody regardless of their gender. And I said, well, that is just bisexuality. You know, the gender is not tied to genitals, but there was only male and female. Then I was called a bigot because of that. And they said, that's trans erasure. And I was just trying to figure it all out. And so I didn't dive headfirst into liberal feminism, but I did actively participate in it. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. And so I, I wanted to see what they saw, right? And I firmly believe how can you critic how can you criticize something authentically if you have no clue what it's talking about? And that's what I mean by diving into liberal feminism. Not that I swallowed it whole, not that I, you know, authentically thought a man could become a woman or any of that or, you know, but I wanted to see their points of views, you know. I feel the exact same way with the reverse to be true though, too. As far as radical feminists criticizing liberal feminists, liberal feminists criticizing radical feminists. But how can we bridge that gap is so important and it's integral to our liberation. Now, patriarchy has such a strong hold on westernized cultures in particular because it's just given women enough, just, just a touch, just a scotch of rights, but not human rights, just, just, just rights like working and voting. That's literally it. Your ability to make your own money with a tiny, tiny shred of humanity in, in most careers. Not all, but most for women. This small, small change has led to the women with the most privilege, so white women, to be complacent enough with, with so white women, the majority in America, complacent enough with, you know, their rights. So they don't feel the need to organize. They don't, they don't feel the need to come together and, and do something about work conditions or their lives or anything like that because that, you know, they're treated with just the tiniest shred of human dignity, you know? So why, you know, so why would they get chaotic? Why would they, up, why would they upturn that? Because they feel that if they did, things would become dramatically worse for them instead of better because they've seen it, right? They, they know it can go both ways. So these women on the privilege swing, as I like to call it, no, it can be good or bad. And, you know, they've seen the both sides. That's what it's like being a white woman. Whereas every other marginalized woman in America who's not white, 
um, knows that this is the only way to get things better. So this fight, this infighting is what's causing this right now. And I think once again, to, in order to bridge this gap, we, we build the safety nets. You know, we have to build the bridges. We absolutely have to. It's something we have to do. We can't just sit there and say liberation for all women. Only a few women can do it. And then only a few women benefit from it. Or, you know, we have to really set ground rules. We have to, you know, it's, it's a grassroots movement and, and it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy at all. Nobody said this is going to be easy. You know, the, like I said, the stronghold patriarchy has, it's, it's an abusive system. It's like an abusive boyfriend. You know, it's been gaslighting and brainwashing you your whole life to be male centered, male attention, male happiness, male pleasure on all regards, in all regards of your life, in all crevices of your life. Undoing that is hard. It's going to take years. You know, when a person leaves a cult, it takes years and years and years of therapy to undo most of that damage. And even then you still have PTSD. So patriarchy is that you will have years and years and years and years of PTSD. I know I still have, I wouldn't say triggers in a sense, because I, I don't feel like that's a the proper word, but Here's an example of like weight fluctuations or cutting my hair even. Like I felt like it's very liberating to just exist as me and I'm much happier that I cut my hair. But it's like I still have like this tinge of, oh my God, I'm not going to make enough money at work or oh my God, um, I'm not going to be suitable to a male gaze. So, you know, I will make less at work. Then I have to become concerned with my image. I don't want to be concerned with my image. So that, you know, I still have those. But a lot of women are going to have those in, in very severe swings as well. You know, if, I, if I'm not pleasuring a man as a heterosexual woman, if I'm not pleasing to men, then what man will want me? And instead of telling her, you know, who fucking cares? You are, just, you know, what a man needs to be worthy of you, not vice versa. You don't need to be worthy of a man. You know, like the man brings nothing to the table. He's only convinced the world he does. He does not. You as a woman can give birth. You as a woman can lead, help lead a matriarchy, a new society, a, you know, a beautiful society full of growth, peace and tranquility even. Whatever we want, we can come together and build it. We are the proletariat class and we can be just so much more. But, you know, you are so convinced because you grew up in a patriarchal world that you, you, you're not capable of this or that you need to be worthy to a male gaze when you don't. I understand intimacy and compassion and wanting to be with somebody, regardless if you're heterosexual or not, is a strong desire for some people. I get that. But that desire and bond is inauthentic if the other person doesn't even see you as a human willing to give you human fucking rights. And that's what these women need to know. You in a relationship with a man is never going to be equal unless women are liberated. 
And I know there's tons of women right now in married relationships or in relationships with a man who don't feel this way, but it's true. It is absolutely true. And all you need to have is a basic conversation about radical feminists with this man. And he will tell you and he will reveal to you his true thoughts. He will tell you that women don't need to be compensated for housework, but tell you that women should get paid for sex work. So if he acknowledges sex is work with a man, but expects you to give it up for free in the house when he does what? Just pay bills? Doesn't really contribute to cleaning or caring for the child? Then what is it? He's admitting you are a slave, but he cares about you, right? That, that should be the trade-off. Just his basic care should be enough for you financially or mentally or physically for you to be happy. But everything you have to do for this man to make him happy because your love and attention is never enough. That inequality exists in 99.9% .9 of heterosexual relationships. But men get so offended when you say that, right? That that's the stronghold patriarchy has in the, on the world, first and foremost, but specifically in westernized countries. You know, now add the fact that a woman has her own job while doing all of this, and he gets to say shit like, oh, well, sometimes you make more money than me, or what if she makes more money than me? As if money somehow upsets that power balance, that intimacy balance. And then you bring up how men love to pay for intimacy. So not really. Women don't. Women understand that true authentic bonds don't need to be paid for. And true emotional intimacy is something we can actually create and have. But men can't. They have to pay for it. Then they get really mad, right? So... If women are not liberated in relationships with men, it will never be equal, ever, unless women are liberated. As long as men get to buy and sell women, women are not going to be equal. No true, authentic, intimate bonds will be had by men. And women catering and, and, and vying for male attention and thinking it's going to be everything, it, it's their whole life breath it's a vying for their attention for what? What intimacy do men bring? And I'm being honest. Ask them that. What intimacy do men bring? Ask liberal feminists that. And it's usually going to be like, oh, he can physically protect me. Isn't that fucking sad? That's intimacy. So it's it's restructuring how you speak right it's restructuring your thought process and it's really sitting heavy with it anyways this whole thing is to tell radical feminists that sit in there chastising these women who feel this way who have this really fucked up cultist mentality because they're in the cult and they're too afraid to leave because they don't have a safety net chastising them is not going to do anything Calling them handmaiden, handmaidens, names, or whatever is not going to be doing shit for them. You have to have authentic conversations, and I know it's hard. 
I know it's rough and I'm not saying all of us have to, but I am letting you know that it's really integral to us as women that we build bridges and bonds with women. We need to stop calling them names because men are going to tokenize it at the drop of a hat like they do with everything else. And it will just give other men uh, or other women who are what quote unquote handmaidens to these men a bigger excuse to not become radical feminists. It needs to be less about the superficial and more about the authentic. We need to stop sitting here telling you know, women, hey, you know, your femininity is contributing to our subordination. They will figure, figure that out on their own. That is a natural progression of radical feminism. That is not something that you immediately have to do as a radical feminist. That's something they will want to do as a radical feminist. That natural progression is important. Those are steps you must learn on your own. And those are emotions you have to sit with on your own. The forcing of doing it is not something we want to do as radical feminists because men have been forcing shit onto women forever and we hate it. We need to start coming together. We need to organize and we need to come up with better ways to organize. We need to come up with authentic female, all women walkouts, strikes, protests, we need to be seen. We need to be heard. Adult human female is not a bad word. I'm Radical Ray, you guys. Catch me at Reagan's 3. Reagan's 8 is back and working on Instagram. Find me there. Have a good one.